0: I went to a marvelous party. Max, <laughs> most people don't even know this. the facts. Underlying go with their gut and the underlying ideas don't have enough depth to last their entire season. <laughs> Christopher, this is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
1: Fine, you first, Eric. <laughs>
0: Tonight's live cast is streaming to you through the DinnerPartyshow.com with your hosts, New York Times best-selling novelists Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: Good evening, and welcome to the Dinner Party Show's New Year's Eve Eve special. I'm Christopher Rice.
0: And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and maybe it should be Good Eve Evening. Good e- Evening. <laughs> <laughs> with the <Eric> Ark and Wilbur.
1: <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed our Christmas special last week. And just like last week, we have all
0: new reports from our Oso special correspondents. Our totally original correspondents have totally original material for you. Who's with us? Who's, what kind of specials do we have tonight? Well,
1: I think Jordan Ampersand is back, uh, which I, yeah, yeah I know, I, I know. You know,
0: God knows I know.
1: Yeah, you sat down with him earlier in the week and once again didn't wring his neck,
0: so I applaud you for that. And that's my New Year's resolution, not to kill Jordan Ampersand one day at a time.
1: Absolutely. And we have a special New Year's Eve Eve news report from your friend Breck Artery.
0: It's kind of an end-of-year wrap-up, right? I guess
1: so. Yeah. I guess so. Absolutely. And uh, Tuan is here. Tuan, oh, Queen of the Stars. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It, it forecast
0: for the year to come, right? Absolutely.
1: And, you know, Tanya Lee Musgrave is one of our special correspondents. She comes on every other week or so. She is our travel expert from Mm. um, Texas. She used to run a travel agency in Allen, Texas. She is a little upset about some allegations uh, relating to the reports that she's filed over the year, uh, the year so far, and so she's here to kind of clear the record about some stuff, and she's going to be up at the end of the. So
0: she's 2012 okay. wrap up.
1: She's sort of 2012 wrap up. She's got some wisdom to impart, as always, that, passed and, down from her daddy Musgrave. And
0: if anybody understands what she's talking about, please email us. Absolutely,
1: you know, I think she got her feelings a little hurt by some of the criticism, but I think like us, she will learn how to do this radio show gig in well, time.
0: I think the big news this year has been that the world did not end it last not Friday end. before last, I guess. That was really, I think, a good thing. We forgot to mention it last week, but... We wouldn't have mentioned anything at all if the world hadn't, so I, I guess it kind of goes without saying.
1: I should say so. So now I think the big question is what's next for apocalypse theories now that the Mayans have been disproved? Really? Um,
0: well, yeah, absolutely. So there's more?
1: Oh, I'm sure. When I'm will sure. they
0: ever learn? Well,
1: here's my theory about the theory of 2012 was that it was really scraping the bottom of apocalypse theories. Y2K didn't pan out. Uh, the Book of Revelations has yet to materialize. But you want to know what's cool about the Book of Revelations? The things that are listed in it as the signposts of the end times are happening around us all the time. So you can just sort of always say that the end times are coming. Fire, earthquakes, famines, floods, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of a constant in our culture. But they're also apparently indicators of the coming apocalypse.
0: So every day is a hell day in your world.
2: <laughs> every day is a hell
1: day in the book of Revelation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess if that's the only thing that you're focusing on. Yeah, I should say so. So what are some of these uh, theories that we need to watch out for in the upcoming year? What what disasters await? Well, the
1: Hindu system of cycles has a Book of revelation style prophecy that's so similar to the Book of Revelations it's almost not really worth talking about. There is a theory called time wave zero that comes from the I Ching, which I can't understand. I've read it about five different times. It has to do with plotting out various things, and it involves math. So I just can't get myself to get worked so up math, about any theory. That, math yeah. will
0: bring an end to the world in 2013.
1: Now, many You of, heard it
0: here for first, folks.
1: Exactly. It brought an end to my world in seventh grade. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Now— The thing about 2012 was that it was a catch-all that that claimed the world could end in a variety of different ways, sudden pole reversal that would cause great gravity disruptions throughout the planet. I guess people could make a case that all of those things could still happen. It just won't have anything to do with the Mayan calendar. But the one that I think, honestly, is going to come to dominate everyone's attention is seismic activity throughout the world. I think we will come to look at every earthquake – as the predictor of a super volcano that will wipe out most of life on the planet as we know it. Where is the should...
0: volcano? Is it going to be the Yellowstone volcano? Well,
1: Yellowstone is one of several. Uh, the other one, I believe, is in Indonesia. It's called Lake Toba. There's another one called Taupo, which is spelled T-A-U-P-O in New Zealand. And there is the Ara Caldera in Japan. So that is... Four. Four potential super volcanoes on the planet. Now, we have already had a very large earthquake in Japan in the past... I guess it was two years ago or about... So they're
0: sort of off the list.
1: No, I think because... Here's what I think is going to happen. We're going to enter the era of scientists in every seismic hot zone on the planet having to constantly explain through press conferences that the slight uptick we're seeing in seismic activity is not the massive uptick in seismic activity we would see before a supervolcano eruption. And they're going to start to get those moronic, lame-brained, alarmist questions at every press conference about every earthquake. That's my theory. What do you think?
0: You think there are a lot of press conferences
1: with scientists? I think every time we have an earthquake, there are. My favorite LA news moment uh, was after the Chino Hills earthquake, which was a whopping 5.3. Remember, wow. it happened in the middle of the day.
0: Wow! And yeah, no, it was so it was so upsetting. I have absolutely no recollection absolutely. of that. Absolutely.
1: And I remember the seismologist on camera being asked, "Well, well, when do you guys think you're going to have all the numbers in, you know, from this quake? And when are you going to have some, you know, some new statistics?" And she said, "As soon as you stop asking me questions."
0: Wow. <laughs> So like, <laughs> I guess she hasn't been asked back.
1: No, or you know, she gets sent out to man the. They
0: troops. need to get that crazy guy from the black hole special on whatever channel that oh, was that I loved. What the one was Tell for, me that's about that about that special. Yeah, it was. The, they were theorizing that, um, and once again, with a complete understanding of what black holes even are, that um, there was a very small black hole that was causing the Bermuda Triangle. A petite black hole, right? So it was only a little bit, like. That's, a dimmy black hole. Right, because size of black hole. Is, <laughs> like, once again, it's like, what are you—it it is such a complete under, lack of understanding of what the underlying science even is most of the time that it's usually more laughable. I, I think the most laughable aspect of all apocalypse theory is the, is the thought that some earthly, human-generated time frame will be the deciding factor in the end of the earth, the universe, anything—it—it it is just—it's so unbelievably arrogant mm. to me to think that our timing or our idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, yeah, I get what you're saying. 1999 yeah. or 2000 or the end of the millennia—some random calendar that we made <laughs> up just to keep track of days as they pass in our
1: Absolutely. lovely
0: lives on this beautiful little blue planet. Has going to have any impact on how the rest of the universe works. I just That's my favorite part of it. Well,
1: it reminds me of that George Carlin joke that where he lists all the things that have happened to the planet over the years. And he says, folks, Earth isn't going anywhere. We are. You know, it's, it shifts your view of what an apocalypse theory really is. Like the apocalypse theory that really scares me legitimately is a solar flare. Because it's one of those natural processes that will wipe out everything we rely on, but the Earth will still be here; it'll still be fine. But our our communications, our transportation systems, they will all be fried by this enormous eruption of of universal energy. And will
0: anyway, we be fried, or just the? I don't. Our, I don't believe. I'm not in this. It just depends. our iPads. Just our iPads. I don't want to live if there's no more iPads. <laughs> That's the best Apple ad I've ever heard. Uh, the uh, the 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 ones that I guess are probably the most. I think if there is any realistic, like the dinosaurs, the giant, the impact, the the, the asteroid, some large right. body hitting the planet, because that has actually happened. Right. And I guess also the, the volcanic activity, I think that's a good call, because that actually has some, I think that's happened too, where right. there has been real impact. When I first moved to Los Angeles, it was the year of the Mount Pinatubo eruption in the Philippines, and... I actually thought Los Angeles was a place with cool, cloudy weather mm. and was delighted when I moved here and was quite disappointed when the effects dissipated. Mm-hmm. So it can be a pretty profound effect even if it's a fairly small event, so yeah. a huge, a super um, – caldera eruption would definitely shut things down for a while.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I think, and I'll close out our discussion with this thought that I'm going to quote my trainer for the first time on this show, who I don't believe has yet listened to the show and and taunts me about it every time we work out together. That's nice. He enjoys the show Doomsday Preppers,
0: which Ah. is about
1: people who are preparing facilities and, and supplies for the coming apocalypse because it tells him who he should rob
0: when the apocalypse hits. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah, to know which... canned peaches stash to knock over I mean to tell you after the the end of times cuz everything else won't really have any value other than canned food i don't think absolutely well i hope that's cheered everybody up i hope so too kicked off your new year's eve eve um we've got some fortunately we have some other reports that might do a little to lighten the mood here tonight absolutely and we'll do our best to uh, get lightened up too so that when we come back in a little bit we'll maybe have something besides the end of the world to talk about.
1: I'm sure. Absolutely. Who's,
0: who's leading the the charge tonight for I believe new we year's have year? our report from Breck Artery. Okay, so a wrap up from Breck Artery and we'll be back in a little bit to uh, talk about the new year and uh something besides and resolutions, the end of the world. Yeah, right? absolutely.
1: New year's resolutions, that's it. TDPS News takes you live to Breck Artery in Times Square.
0: Breck This is Breck Artery, coming to you live from Times Square on New Year's Eve Eve 2012. The end of the calendar year, as we calculate it, is a purely arbitrary day, determined at random by the makers and later the revisers of the Gregorian calendar. It does not so much as signify the phase of the moon or the change of the season. This day, like so many others, in that a new year technically begins every night at midnight, has somehow achieved mythic status. Many thought the world would be ending earlier this month based on the fact that the calendar devised by a people who apparently couldn't adapt to, or survive, climate change only bothered to figure out their calendar through the season or solar end of 2012 before going extinct themselves. As it turns out, only the Mayan calendar has ended, so in a little over 24 hours, this 13-acre intersection where I'm standing in midtown Manhattan will be filled with thousands gathered to try to assign some meaning to a time so random that I can't say with any accuracy how many hours away it is because that depends more on where you are listening to this than any actual event that will take place at the end of the final moment of December 31st. Still, as human beings, it is tempting to pause at these perceived milestones in life to reflect on where we've been, get a bead on where we are headed, and perhaps plot some sort of course correction to avoid the temporal icebergs we perceive on the event horizon. We, in the news business, are no exception, and newspapers, magazines, the airwaves, and the blogosphere will literally be clogged with thousands of lists of what they have determined through their own set of arcane criteria are the top news stories of the year. At TDPS News, we took a look at the world at large, and this country in particular, in order to try to come up with our own list of significance. War continues to rage. Genocide is as common as rain. Through peaceful, if increasingly less than civilized means, power changed hands in the most powerful country in the world, though it mostly didn't. Perhaps more significantly, the perception of where power resides here seems finally to be catching up with reality among those who have not been in power for four years already and, to a lesser extent, among those who have been. The process of governing this amazing country remains mired in the political agenda of a party so out of touch with the country that they were elected to govern, that they spent the past four years, uncounting, actively alienating 51% of all demographic groups, women. Oblivious, apparently, to the fact that 51% represents a majority. In the face of defeat, On almost every front this year, this more and more firmly entrenched minority party showed their commitment to their agenda of obstruction to maintain power only for its own sake when their Senate minority leader made history this month by filibustering his own bill when it appeared that the opposing party would support him. Not surprising in such a political climate, dramatic changes in the weather did as much or more to shape the lives of people of the world as any of the sitting governments determined to ignore those dramatic weather changes. Still, do these events describe the past year or do they just recall it? We turned to the internet to see what news stories people were researching for insight into the collective consciousness of this most powerful country. In order of ascending importance to Americans in 2012 are the release of Kendall Fire HD, the Academy Awards, Kony 2012 campaign, not the genocidal lunatic, but the fundraising campaign and movie about the invisible children, Gangnam Style, Honey Boo Boo, Hurricane Sandy, London Olympics, In second place, the outcome of the U.S. presidential election, no other elections, domestic or foreign, even made the list, and the most searched news story in America in 2012 was the release of iPhone 5, which is not even the top-selling phone, just the most newsworthy, apparently. So... On a list on which personal electronics dominated, we felt we could not reach an accurate overview of where we find ourselves at the end of 2012. After many more unsuccessful attempts to wrest relevance from the tsunami of -of end-of-year data available to us in this information-driven age, we settled on what we've agreed is now the dinner party show Reality Index, or TDPSRI. This highly unscientific method, first suggested by Dinner Party show host, Eric Shaw Quinn, and seconded by the only other vote holder and host, Christopher Rice, was adopted over my strong objections as the new gold standard for end-of-the-year analysis here at TDPS News. To achieve our end-of-year analysis, we combined the year's best-selling song, best-selling book, and the top movie box office to develop a snapshot of where we, as a country, find ourselves at the end of the calendar year, no matter how random. Television was ruled out due to the passivity of program choice itself and the dominance of reality programming and sports in the medium, which we felt was mostly just indicative of how competitive and mean-spirited we are. Even though music and books can be easily downloaded, they still represent an active choice, and movies require not only a series of choices, but actual physical effort and personal expense. Why not include the elections as an indicator? For one thing, they aren't annual. For another, while 120 million people voted in the presidential elections, that pales when compared to the 1.4 billion movie tickets people bought. In fact, 20 million more people saw this year's top grossing film than voted for either candidate. So, while I was skeptical at first, I have to say there may be more to this method than at first meets the eye. Here are our findings. For TDPSRI 2012, the best-selling song was the bitter and sardonic Somebody That I Used To Know. The best-selling book during the past year was the S&M fanfic paying to abusive billionaires Fifty Shades of Grey, and the top movie pick for 2012 was The Avengers. So from this, we can infer that as a country, we feel disillusioned, let down, and abandoned by the people we used to love. We are fascinated by abusive rich people's ability to satisfy our deepest desires and pissed off enough to fight with gods who are foolish enough to stand between us and what we want. That sounds about right to me. Until 2013, this is Breck Artery for The Dinner Party Show News, live from Times Square on New Year's Eve, wishing you a happy and prosperous new year, a good night, and a good dinner. And now... Here to deliver an end-of-year wrap-up of cultural happenings around Los Angeles he never attended and can't even remember the names of, it's Jordan Ampersand. The dinner party show's critic at large. Stop that. No! I mean it, Jordan.
2: But it's almost New Year's Eve. Aren't you excited?
0: Actually, I was more excited to hear Christopher wrote a script for you to read for this entire segment. A script you are now ignoring totally, apparently. But it's my duty to remind you, and Christopher, if he's listening, that a condition of your continued involvement in this show was that you be provided with a complete script for Every single one of your appearances, a script from which you are not allowed to deviate. I
2: can't read. I'm a visual person. Reading
0: is visual.
2: Are you upset because you don't have anyone special to spend New Year's Eve with?
0: I will be spending New Year's Eve in the company of several close friends, actually, so I'll be with a lot of special someone's. Thank you very much.
2: Like a gangbang?
0: Is there a reason you care?
2: Well, if you end up lonely, my friend Rodrigo is running the New Year's Eve special. He's reduced his hourly rate, his STD panel just came back clean, and he'll throw in kinky foot stuff for free. So if you change your mind... I
0: guess I'm not surprised you've got such... Industrious Um, friends.
2: what is that supposed to mean? You think because I have a friend who's a critically acclaimed escort that that <laughs> means I'm some Well, there of- were
0: those underwear shots of you that surfaced on the web after your first appearance on this show.
2: Whatever. I only took those photos because I was new to L.A. and oh. the photographer promised me sandwiches and a place to sleep. I'm sandwiches. not some hooker.
0: Point taken. And I appreciate the offer, but no, I will not be requiring Rodrigo's services this New Year's Eve. Suit Thank yourself,
2: you. Suit yourself, but you seem like you need to blow off some steam.
0: Yeah, and I know just where to blow it. Okay, Jordan, it's time for your year-end wrap-up. Okay, first,
2: the- New Year's plan. Seriously, the past few weeks have been really stressful. My initial plans for New Year's Eve totally fell through. You see, I was going to be a sexy heavey what? at the— th- What the hell does uh, that of mean? Of course you don't know what I'm talking about because you're old— Heave is an all-night New Year's Eve dance party that happens downtown in an old Ralph's grocery store. Actually, I think it's still a Ralph's because that's why there are always oranges everywhere and we all get arrested at the end. Anyway, my friends and I have attended every year, and after dropping some major hints to the promoters, I was finally hired to be one of the sexy baby New Year's who come dancing out of a giant sperm balloon Lady Gaga style at midnight. Or as they call them, heavies. Unfortunately, and it's a big unfortunately, My best friend Fitzpatrick read over the contract rather closely, and he noticed that the body paint I would have been required to apply to myself has been linked to multiple cases of ovarian damage.
0: Why is that a problem?
2: You would have me die for body paint?
0: No, Jordan, you don't have ovaries.
2: How do you know?
0: Because you're a boy, Jordan.
2: I know, but Fitzpatrick said we grew them after we turned 16. No, we don't. Shit, I could have been a heavey.
0: Uh call them back. Maybe there's still time. No,
2: see, I kind of scratched the word baby killer into the promoter's car with my keys. Oh, yeah,
0: that's gonna... Maybe he doesn't know it was you. No,
2: see, he does, because I kind of went over to the Abbey afterwards, and I told him what I had done, then I threw a drink in his face, but it landed on his mom, who was visiting.
0: Brilliant plan.
2: I kind of feel like it was my duty to stand up for everyone who wears body paint at least once a week.
0: Well, now you know why they have that old saying, don't burn your bridges, boy. Before you've hatched out of a giant sperm balloon for some extra cash. Do they really say that? So, I take it you've made new plans for New Year's Eve, and if I try to keep you from talking about them, it's just going to shave a year off my life. So. Well,
2: our New Year's Eve plans are still in development, but we've run into a big snag, and her name is Linda Sudavi, and she is our landlady, and she doesn't want us having a party at the building after she caught us attaching a confetti cannon to a cat on the 4th of July. <sighs> Jesus
0: Christ, Jordan.
2: It was a stray cat. Why did everyone get so upset? Stray cats will, like, eat you. Was the cat okay? Yes, Linda Sudabi took it in and now it lives with her because she's old and lonely and miserable. She's also Persian and so she's mad all the time because Persia, like, isn't really there anymore or something.
0: Okay, let's watch the racism, all right, Jordan?
2: Whatever. Racism is over. I hooked up with, like, five black guys last week. Anyway, Linda Sudabi has to stay in L.A. now because there's no more Persia, so she owns Buildings and buys BMWs and gets really mad at us when the rent is like six months late. So we went to her really? about our extravaganza and she was all like, No, DJ Bottomtron can't perform on the roof of the building at 3 a.m. This is a residential building. And I'm like, Oh my God, Linda Sudavi, where are we? Scarsdale? This is West Hollywood, for Christ's sake. It's called the Creative City. It's supposed to be a safe place for artists, candle makers, and strippers. And now it's all old Persian women and people from AA meetings who won't move off the sidewalk when you're trying to get by. I mean, God damn it, New Year's Eve is always supposed to be the best night oh. of our lives and if Linda Sudami doesn't let us throw our party I'm gonna be stuck on a goddamn city bus at four in the morning and I won't have any more ecstasy and Fitzpatrick and everyone else will all be hooking up with hotter guys than me and I'll just be sitting there alone wondering why New Year's Eve is always terrible and why my life sucks <laughs>
0: Jordan are you going to be okay <laughs> do, do you need a tissue
2: No, I had my snot glands removed. Oh,
0: Jordan, is it it possible that you're the one who's a little upset he doesn't have anyone special to spend New Year's Eve with?
2: I try, but I can't meet the right man. Well... Who would the
0: right man be, Jordan?
2: Well, he would need to be really hot. I see,
0: yeah. So you're the gay man who's really into hot guys. I'm glad we got that cleared up. Well,
2: not just that, but he also needs to be really smart. Like, the perfect guy for me would spend all his time at the gym, but make a lot of money so that he could pay for everything. And also, I want him to get along with all of my friends, but I want him to be older and smarter and richer than all of my friends because they're always broke. And also, he needs to look just like Channing Taylor. Him, but in that one photo well, that when she was younger reasonable. and still a stripper. Uh-huh. But I need him to be like a lawyer or something. And also, he needs to be into Kasha because I worship her. But every time I have sex with a guy, they're clearly not all those things at really? the same time. So I ask them to leave after we're done with whatever weird role play they've talked me into.
0: Well, uh, Jordan, maybe the problem is that you're looking for one person to be all of those. Oh, for Christ's sake, why am I even trying? You know what, Jordan? Why didn't you focus less on New Year's Eve and more on New Year's resolutions? What
2: does that mean? It
0: means that ideal boyfriend you just described is a childish fantasy driven by pornography and bad romantic comedies, apparently. No man will ever be all those things at once, Jordan. No man who actually has the kind of job where he'll be earning enough to support you and your casha habit is going to be able to spend all of his time at the gym supporting your addiction to unreal realistic, airbrushed body ideals. I
2: don't see what any of this has to do with New Year's resolution. Grow
0: up, Jordan. That could be your New Year's resolution. Grow up. And while you're at it, you might want to exercise a little less contempt for yourself by learning how to appreciate men who are a little more like you.
2: So, is this like that question where if you had a twin, would you have sex with him? If
0: that's the closest you're ever going to get to considering this issue, then yes, Jordan. It's just like that question.
2: Oh, Okay, will my twin be versatile? Time's
0: up, Jordan Ambersand. 2012 is almost over.
2: Okay, good. Everything will be fine. I'm sorry I went crazy.
0: It does usually turn out for you in your end. Now, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Linda Sue Davi will totally let us have our party if Fitzpatrick starts giving her weed again.
0: Bless. Her heart.
2: Happy New Year, Eric Shaquin. Remember, if you get lonely,
0: I'll lift a glass to all the close friends I'll be spending the evening with and reflecting on how it's a gift to have lived for another year. Okay, sure.
2: If you want Rodrigo's number, I'll send it to you, but first you have to unblock me on Facebook because I j-
0: get out, Jordan.
1: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. The Dinner Party Show will be the judge of that. And now it's time for astrological advice from Twan,
0: Queen of the
1: Stars.
0: Hey, Twan, Queen of the Stars here with the real dirt on what the constellations are up to and how you can read the signs before they read you. Don't get all horsey, Sagittarius. Well... The new year is upon us and it's time to look ahead to see what the stars hold in store for each of us in the new year. During the early months, you'll be tempted to spend too much on home improvements, but you're really just longing for a deeper spiritual connection, especially now that you've discovered what a snake Leo is and how it was really Virgo you blamed after what happened at that Christmas party. Hold off on big investments around the house until after the Fourth of July holiday. Meanwhile, be open to new ideas and beliefs other than yours, like when your real friends tell you what a lying backstabber that cancer really is and how she knew all along what Leo was up to and didn't bother to even tell you. These changes in your core values will continue as Saturn transits Scorpio until September of 2015, but there's no need to give Leo another thought because a leopard never changes his dirty little spots. A period of realism takes hold during the late spring, giving you a greater sense of independence and self-sufficiency, which will be helpful during financial changes that will arise, especially if Leo never bothered to pay you back after he left you high and dry and acted like it was your fault, even though he cheated. Conflict with friends and family may arise during the early fall. I'm watching you, cancer, but with an out with the old, in with the new attitude, you should find yourself in good, if not better company by year's end. 2013 should be a year of change for all the Zodiacs, especially those of us who got dumped during the holidays. But change can be a good thing when it's a change for the better. And that is the promise that 2013 holds in store for everyone who didn't throw away the best thing that ever happened to us over some drunken Christmas party hookup. Until next time, this is Dwan, Queen of the Stars, wishing you all happy and positive changes in the new year and reminding you to watch out for the stars. Are you sick and tired of watching everyone else scarf down every deep-fried sugary treat on the holiday table while you starve yourself?
2: Damn it, Susie. How can you eat like that and never gain an ounce? I hate you.
0: Or did you give in to temptation and now you look like a sack full of Kirstie Alley? I
2: can't get my jeans past my knees. Well,
0: the folks at Wade Enders can be the secret to keeping your New Year's resolution to lose those ugly holiday pounds or to enjoying the holidays without consequences.
1: I hate consequences almost as much as I hate Susie.
0: That's right. With Weight enters, you can eat whatever you want and lose all the weight without dieting or exercise. Oh,
2: I hate dieting and exercise more than I hate consequences, but still not as much as I
0: hate Susie. What's our secret? Botulism. That's right, the same stuff that takes the wrinkles off your forehead can take the cankles off your calves, the saddlebags off your hips, and lower your chin count to one.
2: How does it work?
0: Well, in addition to being a beauty aid powerful enough to paralyze the muscles in your face, botulism is a life-threatening form of food poisoning that will have you as dehydrated as a Victoria's Secret model faster than you can call an ambulance. Oh, science! Who knew you were so useful? And if you survive the treatment, you'll look amazing. And if you don't, who wants to be fat, right? Oh, I don't feel so good. That means it's working. You'll be tossing those Christmas cookies and Thanksgiving dinner before you know it. I
2: can't wait for Susie to see me.
0: (laughs) Maybe she can visit you at the hospital. (laughs) Weight enters for people who'd rather be dead than on a diet.
2: Good evening, y'all, and Happy New Year. My name's Tanya Lee Musgrave, and I'm the lady y'all been laughing at all year because I used to be a travel agent, but I like to spend most of my time staying put. I thought after how tickled y'all been getting at my expense that I should come on the air before the year was out to clear the record and explain why I don't much like going all kinds of places. Now, today I had to bring my sister Delinda with me because Are you she's... Are
0: eating a- all this pie, Tonya
2: Lee? <sighs> she's hard of hearing y'all, or as her husband Bill likes to say, she's tired of hearing y'all. I won't have that last piece of this pie if that's all right. You go ahead and have that pie, Delinda. Lemon meringue doesn't agree with my stomach. Okay, thank you. Glad we got that settled. Lord mercy me. Anyway, um Delinda had to come with me today because her husband drove out to Gunbarrel City to shoot off some fireworks with his friends, and her physician says a sparkler's probably enough to take out what's left to her hearing, so she had to stay put, which is a good change of pace for her, let me tell you. See, she used to be a Ted Nugent groupie, and they travel all over the country screaming at people who were destroying America. That's what nonstop road tripping will get you, folks, Here in loss. Is Obama still
0: president?
2: Yes, Delinda. Well, shit, is there more pie? You just sit there to be calm for a second, okay? Anyway, now I know a lot of you think I'm just some small-town girl, even though I come from a city with enough glass in its downtown to turn the eastern seaboard into shredded beef if a big enough tornado hits it. I'm from Dallas, Texas, born and raised and proud of it. Fact is, they used to teach us in school up till I was about 12 that there weren't any other states besides Texas, just a bunch of grass and lost cows and nomad-type people who usually wound up in Amarillo through no fault of their own. Well, Dallas, if you haven't heard, is also home to one of the largest and most efficient airports in the continental United States, and that's DFW. Now, do you want to know why it's one of the biggest airports in the United States? Because nobody here will stay put. That's why nobody is just happy to be where they are. God damn it. Now, my daddy Musgrave was a very smart man. He grew up on a ranch and up till he was sixteen, he had a trained pet crow named Mr. Suspenders who went everywhere he did. Then Mr. Suspenders ran afoul of a well that had UFO parts in it and he came out talking in Latin and asking for blueprints. But that's a family story and I digress. Anyway, my daddy was very fond of sayings. In fact, he only spoke in sands. It was sometimes very hard to converse with him because if you asked him what he wanted from the store, he would say something about sands through the hourglass and the passage of time. I don't know. Usually i just buy him mayonnaise and Kleenex because that was always what he seemed to be out of. Anyway, I need to... Get-
0: mayonnaise ain't gonna go with this pie, you
2: League. do you be quiet now about that pie and let me finish this segment so we can go to Lubies and have salmon croquettes.
0: I'm gonna be full by the time I finish this pie.
2: Well, just be still then. Just be still and quiet until you fall okay anyway now back to my daddy musgrave he had a saying that i'll never forget and it went something like this if it's not within 10 feet of your front porch you don't need it that's right you just plumb don't need it now sometimes he'd take this one a little too far and we'd end up with ashtrays made out of old tire tread Actually, we had a lot of stuff made out of old tire tread, but we lived on the side of a highway, and that's not the point. The point is that all cultures, Texan and non, practice some form of this philosophy. Look around you and you'll find it, they say. Everything you need is within reach. But we've got whole groups of people jetting all over the world going to Cabo San Lucas and Disney World and Austin. And the only thing they're going to get is confused about where stuff happened. Just the other day, my widowed friend, Mr. Donald Drummond and I, we got real cross with each other at the North Park Mall. Because we couldn't remember where we bought that Ron Paul bobblehead doll he still got in his truck. He said it was North Park. I said it was Valley View Center. And it turns out we got it at the Galleria in Houston when we road tripped there a few months before. Now, if we had just stayed put, we would have avoided all that confusion and had a much more pleasant afternoon a few days ago right here in Dallas where we live. I like that Ron Powell. I do too, Delinda, but that's not the point. Did he die? I hope he didn't die. He's alive, Delinda. I think he might still be running for president for all I know. Good. Anyway, I am sorry to go on for so long, but I just needed to correct the record. I am not a racist. I have no problem with the way other cultures dress, smell, sing, holler at each other, dance in the streets, or steal your purse. I just like where I am. And my approach to life is passed down from a long line of wise Eastern philosophers like Siddhartha and Don Ho. So the next time you feel yourself getting all judgy with me, sir, you just sit on your front porch, look at what you got within ten feet, and see what you can make out of it. Why are you getting up? I'm not done with this pie. We're done, Delinda. It's time to go to Lubi's. But I'm full. Then stop eating that pie.
0: Well, Happy New Year, Christopher.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She can't bring Delinda back on the show. I don't think that's going to well, work out. Well, if I she stop. does,
0: we need to turn up her headset a little I bit. I don't think we should have Delinda on the show again. I but just maybe think that pie. was too much.
1: Maybe. I, we're not serving pie. That was what they fought over.
0: I think pie is obviously too
1: contentious a dish. We've been bullied into having food by Ted Casablanca, who came on and insisted that we serve him Beef Wellington. But then we realized he was referring to a server named Beef Wellington that he wanted us to employ on his behalf. Yeah, who
0: I think works at an establishment near the airport.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, I always wanted to start a porn company called By the Airport Films. I just thought that would have been so clever. Right? But maybe that level of cleverness, excuse me, is not what you're shooting for with porn companies. I
0: think maybe, yeah, you may have overshot the mark. <laughs> it's too meta and ironic. Flaming hot pants, I think, is something you want to go for. Hot porn. Right? Hot guys. Anyway, our girls. So, it's the New Year Eve Eve, so uh, any New Year's resolutions this year, Christopher? I don't really make
1: New Year's resolutions. They are
0: such a chance to feel bad about yourself.
1: They really are. I mean, we always talk Talk about this with our gym every year, right? We have all the New Year's resolution oh, people. Oh my god! The first six weeks of the year into
0: our gym, and then when they don't have a boyfriend by Valentine's Day, they're gone. So you have yeah. six weeks of the gym being completely overcrowded, and then I assume they keep their memberships, but we don't really see them again until maybe a little bit around swimsuit competition time in mm-hmm. May, but. But for the most part, they're gone by uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah,
1: they really are. And they don't have very good gym etiquette. They don't know how to share the machines or work in with people.
0: And And they don't actually use the machines. They just sit on them and talk on their phone, which you're not supposed to do at our gym. You're not supposed to have a phone at our gym.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is what they call first world problems. Right? At least. Um, What is the one New Year's resolution that you kept? If there – maybe there was more than one. I shouldn't – I know of one that you kept I, that, that was very the,
0: important. The only one I can think of is that I quit smoking years ago. Like it's been, I think, 11 New Year's as ago. New Year's as <laughs> ago, And you got your addiction back in the process. Right. I got 11 years off of off of cigarettes. I think that's the only thing I've ever really kept. I lost all the weight before New Year's this year. so You really did. So. Eric
1: Shaw Quinn has lost how many pounds have I'm you resolving
0: lost? to start eating. Well – In that we're – it's kind of hard to say at this point. Okay. Because (laughs) –
1: <laughs> because you're losing it by the minute. Because I I'm like, losing it by the minute. You could have lost five pounds since this morning. My,
0: my next weigh-in date is not until after the new year. So I see. we'll check in next week. We'll announce what my final end-of-year weight loss account was. But this week it's over 40 pounds.
1: That's fantastic. That's so fantastic. We'll,
0: we'll have to see next week.
1: Well, I also quit smoking several years ago, but it was not a New Year's resolution. It was an, oh, my God, my <laughs> friend quit smoking and he looks so much better than I do and his – face is cleared up and blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever gets you quit, gets you quit. Your friend
0: quit smoking on the day you picked to quit smoking. And I
1: did not quit on that day because I went through a breakup, which was my excuse. But then I saw the progress that he made at the gym and I saw what happened to his complexion and I I saw that I smelled that he smelled better. And I thought, okay, I can't let him beat me at this game.
0: So it was vanity and competitive absolutely competitiveness. it
1: was vanity listen when you're in the grip of an so, addiction like that logical explanations of stuff just don't penetrate you got to go for the
0: gut <sighs> So is there anything that you're competing with other people for in the new year?
1: Oh, I don't know. You know like I like you like said Brock I don't, and bastion Maybe no I don't can go. Compete. Brock and Bastion have won their little game <laughs> They have won their little game. I think little is. The I key don't. Word. They're entertainers. I don't I have trouble putting up with my cats. I just don't like having people in my space, you know, unless I'm having sex with them.
0: Well, I guess we'll just resolve to do the show every Sunday. Um, in the new year, the dinner party show. Yeah, absolutely. You looked very surprised there for a minute. Like, well, I, what well, show? What was show that, are you no, talking about? No, I was about? like, that was in doubt that we weren't going to keep doing the show. I think it's a resolution we're likely to be able to keep. Absolutely. I don't think it was in doubt at all. Okay, okay, yeah. No, we'll do the I'm show. I'm just resolved time. that we'll be back Sunday after Sunday. Absolutely. You bring the dinner, we'll bring the party.
1: Absolutely, and we will have a very special guest for that show, and that is our friend Jack Morrissey.
0: Oh, he's going to be he here. He will be here
1: for our first Show in the month of January. Excellent. Absolutely. He runs the Team Jack podcast, which is a very popular podcast that goes out to the world through Kevin Smith's network, which is, I believe, called a Smodcast. Network Smith podcast, you got that Kevin. He's so clever, absolutely, and he will be here to talk about pretty much whatever he wants to. He's sort of a, a wonderful voice I, of nerd. I, slash I, geek I can't culture. wait
0: to hear what he wants to talk about. It'll absolutely. be a delightful surprise, absolutely. And so, meanwhile, subscribe to the show on iTunes. We really appreciate that, and of course, buy our books. If you've missed somebody, if somebody got you something nice for Christmas and you forgot to get them something, it's a great opportunity. Absolutely, you can go to the store page on thedinnerpartyshow.com website and you can also buy books and treats from our guests
1: you can you can you can and we will be back um the first sunday in january with a two-hour live show once again we have concluded our holiday specials and we will be back to regular programming in the new year
0: so we wish you a very happy new year
1: absolutely drive safe drink safely quit smoking if you'd like to we both did and i think
0: that's about it all right then so happy new year
1: happy new year you've been listening to the dinner party show with christopher rice and eric shaw Quinn.